Hello, welcome to Cinemaniac Jack. I'm your host, Jack. Today's guest co-host is Lauren. What's up, Lauren? Hi. Uh, I wanted to thank you, too, for the New Year's Eve party. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Also, how was your, uh, your Christmas? Was it... Christmas was really good. We usually have, like, the whole family over, but obviously this year we can't, so we just had, like, my immediate family and my grandma, my uncle, my boyfriend came, and that was very nice. Mm-hmm. It was very enjoyable and, like, low-key. How was yours? Yeah, yeah same here. It was very low-key. Uh, but, yeah, it was fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, basically, the gist of the show is that we talk about films that I love based on whatever the topic of the episode is. And in the first half of the show, I talk to my guest about whatever the topic is. So, today's topic is a film you couldn't stop thinking about. And the film I chose is Shock Treatment. Uh, but first, uh, Lauren is uh, going to tell us the films that she couldn't stop thinking about. Alright, so I kind of had to like definitely think about this one because <laughs> I honestly don't have the best memory. So I had to think back on like movies that really like made me like, I had to like sit there for an hour and like think about what the heck just happened. Yeah. Um, so the first movie that came to my mind for this was Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was a god awful movie. Yeah. I I saw it in theaters when it came out five or six years ago, whatever it is now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember I just sat there and I was like, What just happened? <laughs> Did you ever see it? No, I haven't seen it. Actually, I don't think I want you to spoil it for me because I've I won't. never seen it. It was it was pretty wacky. A lot yeah. happened that I think to this day, even though I've read so many Wikipedia articles on it, understood what happened. So yeah. going in, just yeah, it's a Christopher Nolan film, so exactly. So yeah. honestly, what is there to like perceive yeah. things like that? <laughs> I I've. I, I I keep meaning to go back and like watch, uh, more of Christopher Nolan's film- filmography. That's definitely one of them. Um, I still haven't even seen the new one Tenet. that came out. Yeah, I saw Dunkirk, that was uh, in the theater. I actually went to go see that with John, and yeah, it was, yeah, it was quite an experience. Um, and it's a very different film for him too because yeah. he doesn't usually do films like that based on true stories and yeah. things like that. It was a war movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I actually, I mean, I enjoyed his Batman trilogy. I enjoyed Dunkirk. Yeah. Interception's another one where I was kind of like, I, I'm not that smart. So like yeah. a lot of the stuff went over my head. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what were the other ones? <laughs> what else? Um, another one was, so this movie came out last year on Netflix. It's called Horse Girl. I, I think you would really enjoy it. Oh, yeah. It's very science fiction-y. It has an amazing cast in it. Alison Brie, Molly Shannon, uh, to name a couple. Uh, that one, I think I watched it, like, in the middle of the night because I couldn't sleep. And I was like, oh, I keep getting ads for this. It looks interesting. Um, and, like, you would go into it thinking it's, like, a horse movie because, you know, yeah. horse girl. Mm-hmm. And then you're completely thrown, like, a left turn, and it's, like, 
it's science fiction-y, maybe aliens, maybe time travel. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one where I wish I could like watch it again for the first time because it was so cool and interesting. And I'm still like to this day like thinking like, what was it really about? Because mm-hmm. they never really say. Yeah. It's kind of left up to your interpretation. Is it one of those like psychological kind of films? Yeah. It's not like a horror thriller or anything. Um, more like suspenseful in a way. Mm-hmm. Cause like you're yeah. constantly like on your feet thinking like what's going to happen. Um, or what is happening. Um, Another one is another Netflix original that came out recently called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That one was weird. Um, a lot of my movies on this list are like weird ones because yeah. <laughs> that's what I always think about and what I tend yeah. to, to gravitate towards to watching because I do like to think about movies and like, um, well, there's a time and place for that and then there's time and places for like mm-hmm. mindless fun watching yeah um that one i i did really like i definitely it's an investment it was a pretty long movie um yet again like star-studded cast not really Mm star-studded like tony collette's in it and she's amazing um another one where they don't explain anything that's happening and you kind of have to be like on your feet paying attention um what did actually happen in the movie, they don't tell you, so you gotta think about it for hours upon hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, is it a... I'm sorry, I'm gonna sound really stupid for saying this, but is it a show or is it a movie? It's a movie. Oh, okay. Was, I thought it was, like, a show for some reason. It was I don't just know a why. long movie. I think it might have been, like, almost three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, most of it happens in a car. Which oh, that's is interesting. Like, yeah, and I just between two people and like their conversation and like um you find this out like right in the beginning it's um it's about this girl and her new boyfriend and she's kind of like trying to figure out if she still likes this guy or not Mm -hmm. so like it's her like like do i like this guy yeah he's kind of cool but he's also pretty weird and like boring Mm -hmm. um so it's a lot of like her inner monologue and then their conversation um and, like, you kind of learn more about the boyfriend. You learn yeah. not that much about her, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I thought that one was really cool. I definitely want to watch it again. It's been a minute. I try to, like, not watch mm-hmm. the same movie back to back. Yeah. Um. Another one. I just have two more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snowpiercer, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies in general. Yet again, another one weird. You do know what's going on. It's pretty... Out Straightforward. In the open there, yeah. Um, I thought that movie was so cool. I go back and I watch it a lot. Um, uh, and there's definitely, it's, uh, they go into, like, environmental issues. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, what if this does happen in the future and we're all stuck on a train going around the world for mm-hmm. however many years? Yeah. In a, a utopian society where class is very, very important and determines how you're going to live your life for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually kind of sounds like B-movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Oh my gosh, I haven't watched a B movie in forever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. Uh, lots of twists and turns in it. A lot of good gory action. Um, and the direction and cin- cinematography is stunning in it too. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And then my last one. Another movie I rewatched recently because I was <laughs> thinking about it and kind of how stupid it is, but also like how relatable it is. Mm-hmm. It's called Camp. It's about a theater camp. Is that, wait, is that the one with Anna Kendrick? Yeah, yeah. little baby Anna Kendrick's yeah. in it and she plays a nasty little brat <laughs> and it's so funny. She literally poisons a girl so that she can do uh, Joanne from Company, <laughs> even though she's like 12. That's so funny. <laughs> Yo, I remember John John actually showed me a clip of her singing uh I think Ladies Who Lunch. Lunch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the one that she sings. Yeah, um, really funny. But yeah, I like that movie a lot because they do talk a lot about um like a lot of LGBTQ issues. Um and the movie takes it's from two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of the terms are that they use in it are like unacceptable. And I had forgotten, like, how bad it is. Like, the one girl was like, bisexuality doesn't exist. You can't, like, men and women. And I'm like, oh, my God. They said that back in the day, didn't they? Um, But I was thinking about it because... uh, So they they do, like, a whole bunch of, like, shows over the summer. And one of the clips um, from the movie when they did Promises, Promises... Mm-hmm. popped up on Twitter, and I was like, I need to watch this movie again. I forgot how good the singing and the performing is. Mm-hmm. Um, the script, though, like the, the writing and the acting, not good. <laughs> Very yeah. amateur in 2003. Like, the only famous person in it is Anna Kendrick, yeah. plus a surprise appearance from Stephen Sondheim. That's oh, wow. it. Yeah. So, you were just thinking about it just because, like, you hated it so much? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But got you watching it? Uh, Watching that one clip from Twitter. The Uh, one musical performance. I was like, wow, that was amazing. And then I remembered how much I did not like it. Yeah. No, it it really is, like, it's weird how, like, certain comedies, like, age. Um, (laughs) Especially, like, the Thousands comedies. The Thousands comedies were really weird. Yeah. Um... Because if you think about it at the time, it's, what, it's like American Pie, not another teen movie. Those are yeah. very wacky. And, like, I guess they were supposed to be, but, like... And they're all very, like, homophobic, mm-hmm. too. It's weird. I guess that was a trend at the time. Yeah. I use in quotations. Um, I mean, it's... In, I mean, because... I mean, there is actually one movie that I like. A lot of people don't like it. I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, Have you heard of uh, Blades of Glory? Yeah. yeah, I've never seen it, but I remember my sister and her friend went to go see it, and they walked out on it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But I feel like that's a whole other car- category. It's like the Owen Wilson, like, Ben Stiller, Will Ferrell, like, yeah. early 2000s comedy. It's definitely, because I like, like, their other movies, but I, yeah. I just, like, people didn't want to see it in ice skating. Yeah, I don't know. No, I thought it was kind of funny. I mean... The thing about it, which, you know, kind of reminds me of what we're talking about, is, like, there is some, like, kind of, like, 
homophobic like undertones mm-hmm. at times which which kind of doesn't which kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth yeah. watching it now but i don't know like i just i like will ferrell's really funny in it yeah so um and um amy poehler and uh what's his name are really funny in it too uh, i forgot his name she was married to him for for a while oh, i think so yeah and they're like the three of the, those three are really funny will ferrell uh amy poehler and will arnett are really funny so yeah um yeah so uh you just you want to get into it now yeah, <laughs> yeah cool um so uh today we're talking about shock treatment uh so shock treatment is a dark comedy musical film released on october 30th 1981 it was directed by Jim Sharman, who also co-wrote, co-wrote the screenplay with Richard O'Brien. Uh, the songs were written by Richard Hartley and Richard O'Brien. It stars Jessica Harper, Cliff DeYoung, Richard O'Brien, Patricia Quinn, Little Nell, Ruby Wax, Rick Mayall, Charles Gray, and Barry Humphreys. The film is about the town of Denton, USA, which has been turned completely into a TV studio by the fast food businessman Farley Flavors, played by Cliff DeYoung. One day, the married couple Brad and Janet Majors, also played by Cliff DeYoung and Jessica Harper, attend a game show called Marriage Maze, hosted by the creepy TV personality Bert Schnick, played by Barry Humphreys. Schnick picks them to be the next subject for the for his show and forces Brad and Janet to go on another show called Dentonvale, a show centered around a hospital run by Dr. Cosmo and Nation McKinley, played by Richard O'Brien and Patricia Quinn. Uh, The doctors drug Brad into an infantile state and convince Janet that the only way to help Brad in their rocky marriage is to boost her self-esteem by singing on a breakfast show. Janet agrees, and after she performs, she becomes an overnight, or in this case, over-afternoon sensation in Denton. Uh, This newfound fame causes Janet to get caught up in stardom and starts to forget about Brad altogether. Meanwhile, two exiled hosts, Oliver Wright and Betty Hapshat, played by Charles Gray and Ruby Wax, Suspect something is afoot with the recent happenings of Denton and begin to investigate. Um, so this is another film with a really interesting history to it. Uh, uh, Richard Bryan originally conceived it as a straight-up sequel to Rocky Horror called uh, Rocky Horror Shows His Heels. And you can look up the synopsis of it. Like, it's it's batshit crazy, like like crazier than shock shock is pretty crazy yeah it is but this is really crazy too because like it takes place uh like basically what it's about like it takes place like nine months after uh the events of the of rocky horror and janet is pregnant with frank converter's baby and then um it turns out rocky wasn't didn't really die from the fall and then he like forces dr scott to bring frank converter back to life and then when he does frankenfurter starts like turning all the citizens of denton into like transylvanians it's so fucking crazy um and the the frustrating thing is that you can read earlier drafts of shock treatment and another sequel called uh, revenge of the old queen uh but this one has never been shown to the public and i've always wanted to read it because it just sounds sounds so crazy. crazy Um, but anyway, so O'Brien finally approached Jim Sharman and asked him if he was interested in directing it, uh, but Jim Sharman didn't want to do a straight-up sequel to Rocky Horror and started rewriting it with O'Brien until it finally became Shock Treatment. Uh, 
And the interesting thing is that the script ended up being completely different, but the songs in Shock Treatment were the same songs written for Rocky Horror Shows as Eels. So they kept the song. Uh, so they kept the songs, and I think that was one of the reasons why they went ahead with it because O'Brien had worked really hard with Richard Hartley on the songs, and he didn't want all the work to go to waste. And another reason why it changed so drastically was because they couldn't get some of the actors from Rocky Horror to come back. Tim Curry, obviously, being one of them. Uh, so after the film came out, um, fans were obviously really disappointed by it. And uh, O'Brien himself has actually gone on record saying uh, how much he doesn't like the film, uh, which to me is a shame because, I mean, yeah, it's not a perfect film and some of the performances are kind of weird, but I think it, I don't know, I think it turned out to be a really good film. What did For you, what it is. yeah, what did you think of it this time around? I have to say, yeah, because this was the first time I've watched it in maybe a couple of years. Um, the music is superior. It's amazing. So, mm. but when you just said that the songs were written for the original sequel, mm. you can kind of tell because like some of the songs like definitely don't fit into the plot. Oh because, really? Yeah, I oh, felt wh- like some of them like was just like which which songs? Um, <sighs> looking for trade. Yeah. Definitely one of them, which is honestly, it is one of my favorite songs in the movie, but it's just like... That's actually one of my, one of the songs that I'm not crazy about, actually. I like it. It's yeah. just like, it definitely, like, it was just there. Yeah. Like, she was drugged and now she's just like... Oh. like I mean, know. well, because another interesting thing, too, is that in context with the original script, that song was supposed to be... Because what happens in the original script is that uh, Frankenfurter dies again because he needs, like... Uh, he needs, like, virgin blood in order to stay alive. So then Brad goes out onto the streets and he starts looking for virgins to bring him back to life. So in the context of the song, that makes more sense because he's looking for trade, hence the song. But, like, but in the context of shock treatment, it doesn't really make as much sense. Like, what is... I guess she's talking about sex in this scenario, but but I don't know. But that's funny that you say that with that song specifically. That now makes a lot of sense. Um, another one is like breaking out. Uh, yeah. Like like the kids didn't need to like be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they were obviously breaking Brad out. We get it. Yeah. Um, and it's another fun song. Like yeah. I love all the songs in the the whole show. But, uh, yeah. Uh, another thing. had something i wanted to say and i don't remember what it is uh i thought cliff de young's he was great as farley yeah like oh he was crazy wacky yeah but brad i felt like was almost like too dumb yeah like they made him like really really dumb um they also made him look really ugly (laughs) and he's a really attractive dude yeah. And I'm like, Brad was, like, hot in the first movie. Like, what? What's <laughs> yeah. happening? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, Jessica Harper, another weird fit. I know, and honestly, I I like her voice because Janet is originally an alto. Mm-hmm. So having that deeper kind of raspy voice makes more sense, like, if you, like, look at, like, the Roxy version rather than the movie version. Yeah. Um, But yet again, her her acting was like kind of 
weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah, some of the performances in the film are really we- like yeah. weird. I think partially it's just because, like, they didn't know what the film was about. Right. That was one of the things that... Because I, I used to watch, like, a... Like, I guess a behind-the-scenes thing that was on the DVD. And mm-hmm. they were talking... Like, all the actors basically came out and said that they didn't know what the movie was about. Oh, no. So that's probably why some of them kind of gave these weird performances. But some of the performances are really good. Like you were saying, like, Clifty Young. Mm-hmm. And it is really, is really good. Um, And I think even Richard O'Brien is pretty good in it too even though he doesn't think so he thought that yeah. his i think performance yeah. was kind of wooden but he's a he's a pretty great actor and, and i mean for what i've seen him in yeah um but yeah he played a wacky little doctor uh uh another good performance i thought was uh charles gray and uh debbie mm-hmm. i thought their little like kind of like, the relationship between them. It yeah. It was definitely very believable. Like, they were, like, colleagues and, like, they were trying to, like, help out. Like, they want... Yeah. Uh, to make things right. So, I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, so, like Rocky Horror, um, this film had a big impact on not just my interest in films, but also my interest in screenwriting because um, I was really young when I got into rocky horror and shock treatment so my mom wouldn't let me watch rocky horror because it was really risque so basically i i would just go online and like read the script of rocky horror and when i read about shock treatment i ended up reading the script to that as well and it really like it blew me away because i had never read scripts like those before or just like scripts in general so it was really fascinating for me to read them and see how scripts were written and stuff. And I loved, and I loved reading the scripts so much that literally like every day when I got home, I would go on and I would read the, read the script. And, um, because it was one of those things where I guess, um, you know, like I was a kid with like a big imagination and I loved Rocky Horror and shock treatment because I fell in love with those worlds and those, characters so like reading the script to shock treatment over and over was i guess like in this case similar to how like a kid might love like reading a book over and over Mm -hmm. because you love escaping into those worlds and those characters um yeah uh like what's what's your take on it in that aspect um i would have to say the the script, at least for Shock Treatment, is definitely a lot more consistent and cohesive than yeah. the Rocky Horror one. But I definitely do like agree. Like if you really get into something when you're younger and like you really escape into it, and they're definitely something to escape into. Yeah, I don't know at a young age. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I feel like. They're also such good films visually. Yeah. I feel like I, reading it doesn't, like, wouldn't fully immerse me into it. Yeah. But I guess everyone's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's another thing, too. Like, and even, like, Tim Curry said this. He, he said that, like, one of the reasons why he, he thinks that Rocky Horror lasted so long was because of the look of the film. Mm-hmm. And it really is true, like, Brian Thompson and Sue Blaine, Brian Thompson's the set designer, Sue Blaine was the costume designer, 
Um, both are, like, were, like, really talented. And he said that, like, you know, they just created a look that was just that lasted a long time. And he really is right. Like I, like I see them being like just as much the authors of like Rocky Horror and Shock Treatment as much as like O'Brien and, and stuff in that yeah. regard. Cause the, the look of Shock Treatment is just really like amazing. It's like the so costumes and stuff. Visually aesthetic, like the red glow. Yeah. Like all the rooms and like, mm-hmm. you can tell it was like just a giant TV set. Um, which I also find incredibly creepy. Like, why is it on yeah, the well, TV the, set? The reason why they did that was because at the time, uh, when they were when they were just about to make it, I think there was some. I don't know if it was an uh, it, it was an actor strike or a writer strike or some kind of strike was going on. So then they were like, okay, well we 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 can't film it in outside locations anymore. So then Jim Sharman was just like, fuck it, let's just film it all in a TV studio and just do it like that. Which, in this case, like, when... This is one of those instances where, like, when you're forced to be more, like, creative with something, it makes it even better. Yeah, it definitely... You know? It works with it. Like, it works Oh, it with definitely it. did, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um. Yeah, and... I just, um... And I also just, like, really love the soundtrack to this one as well i it's not as good as like rocky horror obviously but like it's still pretty it's still really good yeah i definitely i have a few of the songs like on like my musicals playlist Mm -hmm. um that i definitely i like listening to lullaby is another one that i oh yeah lullabies that's a great one that one's so good bitching in the kitchen yeah that's one of my like one of my favorite comedic duets yeah in general i love that one well, it was funny because when I was watching it this time around, I, I like, caught myself, like, like humming to it or yeah. just singing along <laughs> to it. Because, yeah, it's just, they're just great songs. And they're very, like, melodic, mm-hmm. too. And they're just, like, fun songs. I mean, they are very similar to Rocky Horror and, like, how they're structured. Yes. Like, they're very, they're very simple and they're very short, <laughs> too. And, uh, and, of course, it's, um... It was produced by Richard Hartley again. So, and that's another thing that's interesting about it too is like almost like there's so many people from Rocky Horror that worked on it came back for this one, and they. So it it's really it's interesting to see them do. Kind of like a different format of like what they already did. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you were saying about Lullaby, like not only is that a really good song, but also um, it's a really like impressive scene too like from a filmmaking perspective yeah i liked how they filmed a lot of it like from the perspective of like rather just like being in the room with them kind of looking in from the outside very voyeuristic um definitely lullaby with that stood out and like any scene where like uh farley was watching Mm -hmm. um because they would like show the multiple monitors mm-hmm. uh one which song was it was it um shock treatment no shock treatment also fun scene yeah uh 
Because he does, he watches them, like, in a few scenes. Yeah, My Own Way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. that one a lot. It's another one where it's just, like, she's kind of, like, yeah, walking I'm, that's around another singing. One. But, yeah. like, I liked, they definitely made that scene a little more entertaining with the way they filmed it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, I, I will admit, like, as, I, as, as much as I do love the soundtrack, there are, like, a few duds in it as well. Yeah. I feel like that's one of them. Um... Another one that I don't really like is Thank God I'm a Man. Me too. That one's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I get, like, he's poking fun at, like, uh, homophobia and stuff, mm-hmm. but, like, I don't know. It's just not he a good song. Did not and uh, it's, it's, stand the time. Yeah, and it's another one of those ones where, like, it doesn't, where you kind of like what you said before, where it kind of feels, like, out of place, mm-hmm. too, because that was another one that, it, it makes more sense in the context of Rocky Horror Shows as Heels. Because in Rocky Horror Shows His Heels, uh, Frankenfurter goes to the hospital after Janet had the baby and he meets uh, the Janet's parents. So then that's when he sings that song. Yeah. But yeah, it's weird. It's more weird in shock treatment. It kind of like comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Um... Oh, but what I was going to say before too, like when it, um, when it comes to lullaby, like what, what I find so impressive impressive of it it's just, it's just like it's just like the one shot showing each of the characters through their windows with the dolly camera mm-hmm. movement and it's very simple but it's very effective yes. too so uh yeah what uh, what do you think of the script i i liked it it's definitely like I said before, definitely very more cohesive than Rocky yeah than Rocky Horror. They definitely put a lot of work into it, and you can tell. Um, I think there was a a lot more dialogue in this one. Than yeah, the last one. Um. Uh. And you can tell it's a good script too because the acting seems pretty natural. Yeah. Um. It seemed no one was like forcing anything except during the songs. Yeah. You kind of have to do that a little bit. Um, (laughs) Except for the one line where Janet comes in to see Brad and she's like, I just dropped in to tell you how fabulous (laughs) I am. I'm like, oh my God. Which honestly, it's a hilarious line, but it's just like, why? Yeah. Like, you didn't have to rub that in Brad's face. Yeah. Um, Another thing with the script that I I did not enjoy that much is that everyone except for Debbie and I forget Charles Gray's character. He's like judge, the judge or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um is like in this hypnosis of like what's going on. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was hoping Janet would kind of break out of it quicker. Yeah. Um well, I also kind of feel like the way that she breaks out of it, too, is very weird. Yeah. Like, it's like they didn't really, like, know, like, how to get her to go back to normal. So then they just made, like, a weird, like, dream sequence. And then yeah. she's just normal. But then she's, like, in a, like, a catatonic state. Well, they drugged her. They oh, yeah, they drugged her. Yeah. a lot of pills in her mouth. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, some of the lines, though, like, are really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some lines too that like, there, 
it i mean here's another thing about it though like it's a great script but it's also very confusing at Mm -hmm. times like you don't always like get what's going on uh like i think of like the scene where um where richard o'brien is like how dare this person take advantage of my weakness and then pack one is like i don't think he intends to go that far like what is he what like what are they trying to like are we supposed to know the implications of those lines because i know that like they kind of they show that cosmo nation like have a sexual relationships Mm -hmm. so like are they trying to insinuate that farley's like like uh threatened to reveal their sexual relationship or something i don't know i I don't know about that but yeah i guess so yeah but also like they're not i don't know because they're they're obviously liars, so, like, we don't even know if they're actually brother and sister or not. They could just be it did pretending show, to be brother and sister, you know? It did show on their records, so that they are brother and sister. Oh, it did? Yeah. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah. I only noticed that because I, I just watched it this morning, Yeah. But... Yeah. It's um, their real names, but they're character actors, not yeah. doctors. <laughs> I love that line. She's like, <gasps> character, character actors. actors. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the char- but I don't know, like the characters in it are really good. And I do find um like even though Brad is kind of I mean, even she's it's kind of funny because even Jessica Harper says that she's like he may be boring <laughs> but yeah. and he is kind of boring but I think the thing that what I picked up on a, about him this time around is that even though he's like out of it and square he's not like blindly optimistic mm-hmm. uh which is kind of the irony because like they keep saying that like he needs help but like they're the people that really need the help yeah. it's not him um Although he doesn't really have like an arc, though. Whereas Janet is the one with the arc, um, and she starts out very, um, she starts out very childlike and kind of dumb. Yes, actually. Yeah, I agree. And then she has her moment, and then she's yeah. like, "Bitch, I'm me." Yeah, <laughs> and it's like okay. Well, because you can tell that she's like a very insecure person, which is why it kind of makes sense that she ends up the way she does. Because she's always, she always puts Brad before herself. But mm-hmm. when she sings on the show, it like it liberates her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and just like people coming up to you and like telling you how great you are all the time, like it does something. It'll get to your to head. you. Especially, like, I guess, like, if you start out as innocent as she was. Mm-hmm. But then, like, she, like, she just changes, like, on a dime. Yeah, because the reason why they picked her in quotations is yeah. because she's the girl next door. She's innocent. And then it's like they put her in that dress and then she's a big yeah. old attention whore. Yeah. So it's like you guys just twisted your own narrative. <laughs> yeah. And I never... That was another thing that I found confusing, too, was Farley's plan. I didn't understand really what his plan... I always assumed that, like, his plan was just to kind of, like, put Brad away and then have Janet for himself. 
But then towards the end, they kind of, like, it gets a little bit more confusing. Because his plan seems to change, but then, like... But I don't know if that was just because he was being put on the spot, so he kind of had to, like, change his story because he was in front of the audience. I think that might be it. Because I feel like, yeah, that's what it was up until that point, until they break out of the spell and they're like, bye. Um, Yeah, because then he picks Macy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, because he really wanted Janet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I do like, though, how Cliff DeYoung plays both, uh, Brad and Farley. Mm-hmm. Um, because he makes Brad very kind of, like, quiet and subdued, but Farley is just really, like, fucking, like, weird and, yeah. like, out there. Um, I also think that Barry Humphreys is really good in it as Bert Schnick. Bert, yeah. yeah. Oh, he was kooky He's too. so creepy, yeah. <laughs> and he was supposed, he was, that character was originally supposed to be Dr. Scott. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um. <laughs> you can kind of tell. Yeah. Now that you said, that you put that in my head, yeah. I, I can see it. And it's, a, well, that's another thing too, is because like, you can go and read the, uh, the earlier draft of it and it's called the Brad and Janet show. And uh, in the script, he's he's listed as just Scotty, I think, or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. Um, but just, like, the, the whole concept to... I mean, the whole concept is just very kind of fucked up to begin with. But, like, when I was watching it this time around, I also found it very messed up, too, how, like... Like... Even like supposedly he's like mentally ill, but it's like they're using that as like part of their game show, yes, which is really like messed up, yeah, like, very messed up. Yeah, what, Adam, what did you think about that? Yeah, honestly, you can tell that like this is a very 80s movie because they make light of certain subjects like mental illness and homophobia, yeah, um, but. I feel like at the same time it was the 80s and like that was kind of like not a big joke but it was definitely people didn't take it as seriously as we do now yeah um but they're also just like really like insensitive characters too. yeah they are they like what did they they called brad something like really bad an emotional times. emotional cripple yeah yeah i was like oh my god it's like no you guys put him in a straight jacket and j- drugged him um, yeah, yeah. He's probably like a little messed up after what happened in the first movie. Probably very, honestly, messed up. But who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I feel like it was such like a trick too because they they were originally doing like the marriage game show. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, you hate Brad? Not you hate Brad, but like. You don't like Brad as much as you used to anymore, so now he's gonna go off into the hospital and we're gonna treat him and you're gonna be on a new show. Yeah. And then they just lock him in a cage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that's another thing, though, too, about the characters. Not, like, including Brad and Janet and Judge Wright and um, Betty Hapchat, is that they're all, like, their optimism is so, like, synthetic and, like, creepy mm-hmm. 
but the interesting about it is that like the reason why they're like that is just because like they're constantly like putting on a performance and like trying to like impress people like i always think of the scene where janet meets up with her mom for the first time and she's just like oh i'm just about to watch a show i'm just about to watch denton vale and like it just kind of the shot just like closes with with her just like smiling like really eerily and like like she's like looking at the audience not just us but also just like the audience in the in the the movie which is really creepy um oh yeah and this is like one thing too that i think this one does better than rocky horror is that uh pat quinn's talents shine through a lot more in this in this one i feel because she has more of a part and she has a shit ton more lines yeah that's so i mean and o'brien too really both of them and Lil nell looked hot she looked so hot in this movie. I was like, yes, she doesn't look like an alien because she's not one in this one. I was like, woo. Every time you saw her butt, I was like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, but, but what do you think of Paquin's performance in this one? Yeah, she was amazing. I I think she's very talented. Yeah, she is really talented. Um, She definitely commits too yeah she she puts her all into characters and you can tell i would love to meet her one day yeah she seems cool yeah she's not dead right no 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 no. that's what i thought i had to like think i'm like "Eh." yeah but um another thing that i find funny too is like um like how do like how did Janet like Janet didn't doesn't notice like for through the majority of the film how much Farley looks like Brad, like she didn't she, like she doesn't realize that. Oh, she sees but, the picture. I'm like she doesn't see him until the end though. But well, yeah, like not. Time. I guess like not until she gets face to face with him. Yeah. But like even so, like she sees his face on like a big TV screen. So like you would think that she would kind of pick up on that. I don't know. I yeah I don't know because I I feel like they. They didn't make them look a lot of like I don't know if it's because like the glasses and like the hair, um, but I feel like my first time watching I didn't think they were the same actor until oh I really you didn't out. know I don't think I knew but I mean obviously hmm. now I know but yeah actually um, yeah I mean because I always knew because I just because I read up about yeah, you it knew. so I don't <laughs> know if if I would have felt differently about it if I had just watched it with. Uh, you know, without knowing anything mm-hmm. ab- about it going into it. Um. Also, did you notice how in that one scene where O'Brien walks past the American Gothic painting? No. Oh, you didn't know? Wait, it's when he's like he's like in that, I guess like the dressing room or something. He like if you look, the American oh, Gothic yes. painting is yeah. like in the back in right the background. Right, little he, black dress, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that was a clever kind of. A nod. Nod to that. Yes. Yeah. I also think is a nod to previous Rocky Horror is that usually, at least in the stage performance, Eddie and Dr. Scott are played by the same actor. Mm-hmm. So I think that might be a nod to, like, Brad and uh, Marley yeah. being played by the same yeah. character because they're related. Yeah. <laughs> well, the interesting thing, too, is that because when they asked him, Curry, if he wanted to come back... Obviously, he didn't want to come back as Frank Inverter, so they they said, "Oh well, would do." So they wrote Farley flavors for him, 
But then he said that, quote, he didn't think he could pull off the accent, even though, ironically, around that same time, he was an Annie, where he played an American in that. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, he just didn't want to do Yeah, he just it. didn't want to do it. But that would have been really interesting to see, though. That would have. Him as Farley Flavors. He definitely could have pulled it off. Yeah. Very wacky. Very wacky dude. Yeah. Also, um... Uh, this movie is really quick too. Yeah, only an hour and a half. Yeah, it 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 feels like like it just goes by like really quickly. Yeah, I think I I started it at like nine thirty this morning, and then I was like, I'm gonna have so much time. I thought it was a long movie, but it, it really it was. Yeah, because even when you like read the script, it feels like a long movie. Yeah. But then when you just see it, it's very it goes by very quickly. I kind of like that. Me too. <laughs> it's kind I, of a breath of, breath of fresh air, actually, because most musicals, like, they go on, like, yeah. for so I long. Mean, but this is really quick. And in recent years, too, movies in general are just, so, they're almost always over two hours now. And it's just yeah. like... I mean, I it depends on the movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Social media has taken over a lot, and definitely what's going on on TV... I think influences that because almost everybody's watching yeah and people have a lot to say or like they want to be there and things like that yeah and in one aspect where i think that this movie is better than rocky horror is just because like because like this film like definitely has like a message to it mm-hmm. where whereas like rocky horror doesn't really have a message to. i mean i guess you could read into it that it might sort of have a message but it doesn't it wasn't really written with that intention yeah whereas shock treatment was kind of written with that intention so in that sense it's a stronger film and uh what it has to say uh would you agree with that yeah definitely yeah because like i mean i don't know how many times i've seen rocky hard like probably 100 at this point but like yeah yeah it's like a fun little gay movie they're mm-hmm. just singing their songs, yeah, being aliens and whatever. And Shock Treatment's just definitely like TV bad. Don't watch TV. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Another interesting thing about it too was that a few years ago they actually did, um, they actually did turn it into a show in London mm-hmm. uh, somewhere, which I thought was very interesting because I, I actually think that this would be a really good show. Like, a musical? Like, yeah. stage musical? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at, like, Rocky conventions, they do the shadow cast and stuff like that, which, obviously, it's not the same thing. Yeah. But, I mean, I could see, like, definitely it being... Well, they have done that with... They have done that with Shock Treatment, actually. There have been showings of it similar to, like, with Rocky oh, Horror. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah, like, to, but to, to, to go and see, like a sh- like, a stage version of... This film, I feel like, would be really fun. Yeah. I think it'd be... I don't know if it'd be tricky. No, because there's not that many sets. I always think, like, oh my god, how many sets are they going to have to have? Yeah. And stuff like that. Because, I mean, Rocky, it's like, when I did it, we had one set. Yeah. Unless, like... Well, the funny thing about the original show of Rocky Horror, too, is, like, there wasn't even really, like, a set. It was just, like... It was just, like, one, like blank screen in the background and then it was just like fill in with your imagination yeah Yeah, like what we did was in the beginning like in the cart like for 
Frankenstein place, we had the curtain closed, mm-hmm. and then we were just, like, in front of the curtain, and then we went to get to the castle, they opened the curtains, and, like, we almost did, like, a metal, like, jungle gin kind of thing. They mm-hmm. apparently recycled their set from Rent, which I thought mm-hmm. was fun. Um, it was basically almost essentially to just enclose the, the band. Yeah. So that they weren't, like, in the scene, but they were still on stage with us. Yeah. Um... But yeah, definitely shock treatment, you would have to have a set. Yeah. But it does, well, because I have seen stills of the show, and it looks like they just use, like, one set for it as well. And to explain a little bit further, because I don't want to, like, shame Ryan Thompson, because he's really awesome. But, I mean, there was more of a set in the original Rocky Horror production. Like, like yeah, like, there was, like, a blank screen in the background, but there was also, like, um, there was, like, one part of the stage that like went upward where like mm-hmm. the lab was supposed to be where yeah. uh, Rocky was being created. Um he like gets created like on top of a Coke machine actually. Fun. I love seeing Have you seen like stills of like the original productions of it? I I definitely have. I don't remember, but I <laughs> I know um in the revival the audio physical phys the, the, the transducer yeah yeah the transducer. It's a dildo which i think <laughs> yeah. is so fun i don't think we did that for our version but i love when they like do like wacky inventive ways to like make things that yeah. like don't exist mm-hmm. um which i think is fun yeah like i said it's a fun little gay show yeah <laughs> well with rocky heart too is more i think the idea was just like the theater itself was kind of the set you know yeah because uh, the the aesthetic of the original show was very much that way. It was very kind of like uh, interactive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think apparently that was kind of like their goal with this version of the show too, was to have it be kind of interactive. But also, um, but what I read about it too is that like the, the the director kind of he did kind of strip down a lot of stuff. He said that like the basis of the show he kind of he took inspiration from the Brad and Janet show script was which was the earlier draft of Shock Treatment. Mm-hmm. So um Yeah, so yeah, it's very interesting. Um but yeah, I mean I think it's just it's a great film. Um, I mean, it definitely, it didn't really have, like, it was just, when it came out, it just kind of, like, disappeared and it was forgotten about, but over the years, it's gotten more of a following. Yeah, I think when people, I feel like people find out about Rocky Horror, and then, like, they, like, they go to, like, a midnight showing, and then, like, they find out more about it, and then they're like, oh, there's a sequel? It's yeah. free on YouTube, the whole thing, in pretty decent... Oh, you watched it on YouTube? It's fr- the whole thing's on YouTube in, uh, like, pretty decent definition. Um, yeah. Cause they don't... You see, because I tried to find it on, uh, like, um, like, on demand, but I didn't... It's nowhere. See it. But yeah. I actually, I just, because I bought a copy of a DVD of it, like, a few years ago, yeah. so I was like, oh, thank God I got this, because I wouldn't have been able to watch it um but yeah um i mean so yeah i do i do think it's kind of a shame though that richard o'brien doesn't like it because i do mm-hmm. think it's actually a very good film mm-hmm. and um yeah i i i just think it's really cool how it because like this movie was like really like ahead of its time i agree 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can tell it's an 80s movie, but at the same time, like, it was it was deep. Yeah. It was deep. And it's kind of funny, too, because it's, like, both times, like, those, that team of creative people, of creative people, they did, like, two movies that were both, like, really ahead of their yeah. time. And they came out very close together, actually. Like, Shock Treatment came out, like, like four or five years after Rocky Horror. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, it's really interesting how like in that short time period that they were they, you know, chucked out both those movies, mm-hmm. and um, so, I mean, obviously, like a lot of people have said that um, this film kind of predicted uh, reality TV, um. But to me, it also just kind of, I think it kind of also predicted social media as well, in a way. Do you see see that? You're kind of like, you don't seem as like sure on that one. I'm thinking about it. I feel like, I feel like reality shows with like, no, 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 not even, I was going to say like with like audience participation, like American Idol, like you vote, but I'm even thinking like, when people, like, live-tweet, like, The Bachelor, or, mm-hmm. like, they're live-tweeting, like, The Masked Singer, like, oh, who is it? Like, oh, I think it's blah, blah, blah. I almost think about it that way, like, with the studio audience. Kind of them giving, like, their commentary or, like, singing along to the songs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what your interpretation of it that way is, but that's what that's what I'm thinking. I mean, because it's just, it's... I feel like it, it kind of just has to do with, like the barrier between like the audience and the performers where I, I feel like now, like, and this has a lot to do with social media, social media. I feel is it's a, it's a lot to do just cause like, um, you know, it's like, it's so much easier for people to become famous these days. So it's almost like, you know, us like regular people, like who aren't famous are, are more, it's more possible for us to become like the performers now because of like, like TikTok and YouTube and all that stuff. So it's kind of, I feel like that's kind of like what shock treatment almost kind of like predicted in a way, you know, it's almost like paralleling, like these influencers that try to go on, like, like bad baby going on Dr. Phil. Mm-hmm. Like she went on Dr. Phil and then got famous through that. And now she's like a big, like Instagram social media star. Yeah. That's what that's reminding me of almost. Yeah. That baby is Janet Majors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean it was it was definitely very that was what was very weird about watching it now cuz like when I first got into it it was like 2006. Mm-hmm. So, you know, social media hadn't even like reached like the level that it has that now. Yeah. So it's watching the film now is a lot weirder in that way. Mm-hmm. Like I am kind of I am kind of glad in a way though that this movie was made instead of Rocky Horror Shows His Heels because I don't I don't know if that would have worked as well. I like that this one is kind of like a companion piece to Rocky Horror because yeah. I think like because I don't really look at it as like a sequel to Rocky Horror because I think if you look at if you look at it as like a sequel to Rocky Horror then yeah it's kind of bad and it doesn't work but if you just look at it as like its own thing then it does work. I was you know? gonna say you definitely don't have to have seen rocky to yeah. see shock treatment they're two very separate movies um uh, but i mean yeah if you've seen rocky you're like oh those are the same people that were in the yeah. last movie uh, except for 
uh, a few people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I honestly, re-watching it this morning, I do really like it. And, like, I if people are, like, we need, like, something mindless to watch, I'd be like, let's throw in Shaq Yeah, it's a, well, it's a fun film, yeah. too, you know? And, like I said, the music, it's so good. So good. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually kind of worried, too, because I wasn't sure, like, what, like, your thought was on the, yeah. the film exactly like i wasn't like going into this i wasn't sure if like like is she gonna like it or not <laughs> like because i'm honestly probably like out of the people that we know one of the only people who have seen shock treatment i feel like no one yeah. has seen it and that makes me sad because i do like it and like i would like yeah. people to watch it we should all like get together like some night and just like watch it all That'd together so fun i know because my boyfriend he really liked rocky heart I yeah think he would like shock treatment too and I think me and Amelia started Shock Treatment, but I think we ended up, like, it was getting late, and we are like, all right, we can't sit through a movie right now. Yeah. But... I mean, that is one of the things about it, too, is, like, the... Like, the vibe of both those films are the same. Yeah. You know, like, it, like Shock Treatment is a lot different than Rocky Horror in a lot of ways, but the vibe of it is still very mm-hmm. much the same. You okay. can tell it was made by the same people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so uh, this has been Cinemaniac Jack. I'm your host, Jack. Today's guest co-host was Lauren. (laughs) Good being here. Yeah, cool. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, see you next time.